You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and the outs of the solar industry and what it means for solar owners and industry. With Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Clenergy, providers of innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Sunwiz, Australia's leading service provider of the solar and storage industry. And Solar Analytics, helping you get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy, one step off the grid and the EV focused of the driven. And joining me as usual is Nigel Morris from Solar Analytics. Nigel, I feel like we're going to be a bit like an episode of Roy and HG. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's, it's, it's surreal, really, what's going on, isn't it? It's absolutely surreal. Well, we better explain to listeners what exactly we're talking about. Of course, it's the net zero target or sort of, you know, the coalition's supposed climate policies. Now, forgive me if um, I'm mistaken here, but I thought the nationals weren't going to agree to net zero by 2050 unless they knew the detail um, of how to get there. But the document's just been released and there's actually no target, there's no law, there's no detail, there's some unnamed technologies might deliver something in about 20 years' time, they might have to buy carbon offsets. Um, There's no change to anything, really, and um, I think it was the Climate Council that just said it's a complete joke and um, other people said even worse. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, bewildering, to say the least. I mean, the headline number is good, uh, and I'm intrigued listening. I listened to a big, long uh, speech by Barnaby Joyce the other day when he was being drilled about it and read the, the news just before we uh, came down to the studio to record. And, um, you know, technology, technology, technology. It's all going to be delivered by technology, apparently. Uh, and it's quite different. It's a plan. It's not a law. Um, so yeah, it's just absolutely bewildering to me, but the headline number of, you know, getting to net zero by 2050, well, I have to say, you know, when I look at it, I go, you know, are they just sitting there going, you know what, the mums and dads of Australia will pay for this. They've they've done it so far. The reason we've hit the target that we hit so far with they're now taking all the credit for is despite trying to shut the solar industry down time and time and time and time and time again, they completely failed to, and the majority of the heavy lifting around emissions, which is in the energy sector, has been done by mums and dads of Australia out of their own pocket. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm guessing that you know the the Barnaby and his team and Scotty from marketing and his team are all counting on mums and dads to just keep buying solar for the next uh, twenty seven years. Well, yeah, we shouldn't really be surprised, Nigel. I mean, this, after all, is the um, party of troglodytes, of um, climate deniers. Um, Scott Morrison's office is full of um, ex-CEOs and deputy CEOs from the Minerals Council of Australia. You had that bright spark. Um, God, what's his name? The... Um, the um, Resources Minister, Keith oh, Pitt. Keith Pitt. Yes, yeah. making this sort of the, the astute observation that um, solar doesn't generate in the dark, and he actually thought he was quite clever when yeah. he said that, and um, the whole yeah. coalition bent roared up roariously as though they just sort of just discovered Pythagoras theory or something. Um, and um, and then he got a Nationals MP yesterday saying that um, wind farms don't op- don't don't generate in the dark either. So I think I'm, I'm not too sure that's quite as true as the solar thing. In fact, I think it's quite false. Yeah, but it just goes to show you that um, 
Um, look, it's a joke to start with. Um, it's a, look, net 50 by 2050 might have meant something at one time. It probably doesn't mean anything, mean anything at the more because basically all they're doing is just basically kicking the can down the road, pushing it on beyond 2030, pushing it on another five election cycles beyond. They do admit that because of what all the states are doing, they're probably going to beat their own miserable target of 26 to 28% cuts by 2030. Um, mind you, um, most of that's due to the so-called Australia Clause, which just basically sort of gives us a benefit because we stopped this sort of widespread land clearing in Queensland and New South Wales at the benchmark date. But Nigel, there is one piece of good news here. And that's something that you discovered in there, and that's the solar. This is this new solar. They seem to have have, have finally embraced the idea or suddenly understood the potential for cheap solar. And they're talking in this document about reaching solar, bringing this cost down to $15 a megawatt hour and all the possibilities for green hydrogen, green steel and green industry that that would bring. And I think someone somewhere has finally been listening to something and like the IEA who sort of downplayed solar for so many years and then suddenly realised that it was the cheapest electricity ever produced and would be king of the grid, it seems like the coalition, I'm going to say it very quietly, Nigel, might have just realised the same thing. Yeah, I thought, I read that and I thought, someone's someone's buggered up, they've let that one slip through. How did they, how did they let that slip through that... So what are they calling ultra low cost solar now? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, it's I mean, fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars a megawatt. We're already there, aren't we? In Saudi Arabia, I think we're already there. This is well, yeah, but we're probably not there in Australia to tell you the truth. I mean, we're probably down no. to about forty-five or fifty or something like that. Probably up a bit yeah. now, given given all the sort of you know the connection um, problems and some of the issues yeah. that we've talked about in your recent episodes of Great Solar. What's, what's the? Solar I'm putting a, I'm putting a carton on it. We'll be there by twenty fifty, though, mate. <laughs> I might think we'll be there by 2050. I think you probably put the carton on it being there by 2030, but still. I think you're probably yeah. right. I yeah. think you're probably right. Yeah. So, but, you know, that one, really, that one really struck me. I went, whoa, hang on, hang on. Are they actually admitting that, that solar energy is the lowest cost form of, of energy and that they're going to be relying on that? It's think, quite something, really. It's no, wonder, it's no wonder George Christensen's making bloody memes. And 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 causing causing he saw he's made a meme that got shared on a WhatsApp that that uh, of the Terminator uh, with uh, with uh, Canavan's face on it with a shotgun blowing away the net zero policy apparently caused Dude. caused a furor. Oh my god, I I missed that one because there's just so it. much other. Oh. I'm, Big. So much other silliness, but I look. Well, I'll, I'll have to check out the meme. Um, yeah, Christensen's yeah, gone berserk on his Facebook page, apparently, and uh, Canavan's just loving it. Um, and Keith Pitt, of course, he's sitting down there waiting for the sun to go down to to, to prove that a solar panel doesn't work <laughs> when the sun doesn't shine. So he's uh, he's going to be right. You know, look, if there's anybody out there, and look, you don't have to sort of go on the public record about this, but I would love for you to either tell me or maybe Nigel, just give us a bit of a hint. All these guys out there, how many of them have actually put rooftop solar on their roofs? What can you tell us about their domestic oh, systems? Yeah. What what can you tell yeah. us about their batteries and things like that? And I remember Malcolm Turnbull when he was leader. Well, now when he was prime minister, we discovered that he had. Um, well, you and I worked on that one actually, didn't we? We oh, yeah. um, 
We got he, he, that was an upgrade. That was an upgrade to an early system that I was involved with. His first system. Yep. Uh, was it back in the BP solar days that he quietly got a little solar system on his house at uh, uh, somewhere nice? And um, yes, one of, one of them, Darling Point, I think it is. Darling yes. Point, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he got an upgrade, which we talked about in one episode, yeah. Uh, an upgrade and a battery. So I think old, yep. you know, a, a, a fair whack of his um, electricity would be coming from local sources and he can probably got the capability of carrying on through a blackout for um, for a few days or two. Yeah, and we know Gus has got yes. one, Gus Taylor. He's got one. Where's he got one? Is that, is that in the family it's, farm or is that up in Yeah, um, that's right. No, it's on the family farm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We know he's got one. Yeah, we, we, should know, do a, we should do an audit on this. Well, I think we should do an audit, you know, because, um, yeah. Because, look, we just discovered this week that um, Bill Shorten's bought himself a Tesla. He's got a Model 3. So, you know, he's the that. first federal MP. Apparently, he he beat Katie Allen, who was the liberal MP, who, got, who announced she got one a couple of months ago. But Bill, for some reason... Kept it quiet. I don't know why he kept it quiet for all those times. But anyway, look, he reckons he was the first to get it. He's had it for about four or five months, and um, mm-hmm. more people are following. So look, you know, we've we've now got a list of um, well, two federal MPs and Matt Keen in New South Wales have got EVs. Maybe we should just do like a little, a bit of a running list of um, which federal MPs have got solar and, and definitely and, and batteries. Yeah, so we, we need the help of the installers out there because some of you um, will know exactly what's been put where. Um, Shout out to Wayne so, Smith. Wayne Smith will know the answer to this one, I reckon. What's the question? <laughs> what's the question? How? What's the order? He'll know who's who's got solar on their roof. I betcha. I just betcha. Wayne, hop on the phone. Send us Come an email. On, Come on, Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, that's um, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. That's something I aim for. It is. We'll get, it there, is. We'll get there before twenty fifty. Another carton of beer on that one. <laughs> Oh, I hope so, Nigel. <laughs> Doesn't take Wayne that long to type out an email, does it? <laughs> um, mate, um, before we go any further, let's hear a message from one of our sponsors. SunWiz are Australia's leading service provider to the solar and storage industry. SunWiz now offers a unique business-wide solution for solar retailers. Differentiate and automate your business with a tailored implementation that builds referrals. Visit somewiz.com.au forward slash accelerate and discover how you can boost your profits while working less. And, of course, we'd like to thank um, all our sponsors for their ongoing support. And I'm going to be very nice to them this week because I've sent them all invoices. So um, hopefully they all come back with the uh, right response. (laughs) I love the sponsors. The sponsors are awesome. Deeply deeply madly always. Um, What else is uh, what else is news, Nigel? Well, I, th- I I'm going to dec- I'm going to call it. We're back, baby. We're back. Uh, the solar industry is kicking off again, notwithstanding all the challenges that are going on out there with DC isolators and price rises and supply chain problems and shortages and everything else. Uh, pretty much everyone I've talked to, and I'm going to cover off South Australia. Uh, New South Wales and Queensland um, uh, just in the last couple of days spoken to companies in those areas who are saying, yep, nah, the phone's ringing again. Uh, people are ready to go. In fact, I was chatting to uh, a, a good guy in New South Wales today who joked and said, I don't know what everyone was waiting for, but they were waiting and now they're not waiting. Now they want it. Um, and uh, so it's just suddenly turned back on again. So it's... Uh, you know, I, 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 
yeah, who knows? Who knows what goes through consumers' minds and why they are so fickle, but they're back. And everyone I'm talking to is now madly running as fast as they can to get supply lined up, get their crews back on the road, get everyone out there, get installing on the run up to Christmas, and of course, uh, secure the stock they need to do it. Um, so, you know, yeah. I, I was nervous that we weren't going to see a strong. Q4 for this uh, calendar year, but um, as long as the supply keeps flowing, um, you know, it seems that there was some pent-up demand there. So what's happening with prices? Because we talked about this last time, and um, since then you've actually talked to Rami Vetter from Solar Juice about some of the sort of the pricing impacts and all the different things sort of contributing to the um, to the solar pricing squeeze in Australia, and that goes all the mm-hmm. way back to sort of the silicon supplies and the supply chains and the shipping costs and um, just, the you know, the ongoing comp- intense competition in the Australian industry. So Mm. what are you hearing out there on on the pricing front? Oh, look, everybody's kind of just accepted that that's how it is now. Um, You know, I've heard of three different price rises over the last few months. Um, And, you know, they vary between sort of 10 or 15% to, you know, as much as um, uh, 30 or 40% uh, aggregate uh increase in the cost of a solar panel now that's at the wholesale level of course so you know it doesn't doesn't necessarily you know it doesn't doesn't change the fundamental uh, proposition that you know putting solar on your roof is a great investment but as i think i mentioned in uh, the other week you know the net result of all of that is you know about a thousand bucks more we've heard uh, for a 6.6 kilowatt system the average system size so we've heard that from a couple of retailers out there now saying you know the prices have gone up by a thousand bucks um, and I was actually responding to a, a punter, a, a gentleman uh, who just popped up on a Facebook page and said, oh, my supplier's just come back and said, oh, delays, delays, delays because of COVID, and then there were shipping delays, and now they've put the price up on me by, you know, 25%. Um, well, you know, are they making this up or not? Um, and, you know, uh, in his particular case, arguably a bit was, a bit of it was made up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, consumers do need to be cautious that they're not just being uh, taken advantage of. Um, but clearly there are price rises. And, in fact, I was listening to a podcast this afternoon where they talked about the cost of aluminium rail uh, jumping by perhaps as much as 30 or 40% um, soon. Uh, again, because of the energy issues in China. And, uh, you know, as we know, aluminium is very, very energy intensive. So, you know, um, uh, it's it's going to affect rail. Um, we haven't seen it flow through into inverters yet. Um, but, um, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't, doesn't change the economics dramatically. But, you know, clearly we're seeing price rises. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um... Okay, um, and any price, any any news, any price rises in batteries and things like that? How are we going in those things? Because they're also sort of subject to some of the same sort of chip issues um, um, as we've seen in the um, auto industry and other industries. Um, any word on that one? No, I've got nothing for you. Ab- absolutely nothing. Interestingly, in fact, I, I did read that LG dropped their price a little bit only a month or so ago. Um, so, uh, beyond that, I, I haven't seen, and, and, you know, I think Tesla are probably commanding a, a majority share in the market. Um, and I haven't heard any changes in their price. There's, so I think the battery guys have got a bit of a longer play because their raw material supply chains are a bit longer and so forth and so on. So no, haven't heard anything about batteries. Um, 
inverters, every, you know, it's really worth listening to the interview I did with Rami. If, if you haven't had a listen, folks, it was on Great Solar Business last week and he dived into a lot of detail about, you know, what was causing these price impacts. And his view was inverters are probably okay through to the end of the year, but then in the, in the new year, there's likely to be a price rise there. Mm, okay. Um, we'll watch out for that one. Hey, I just thought that while we're talking sort of um, some solar records, um, um, you've got a couple of things here with clean energy regulators up to, but I just thought that uh, we should note that um, South Australia got to 100% solar again this week, which was interesting and exciting. And um, I got to spend 25 minutes on um, ABC Radio in South Australia explaining why that was actually a good thing and um, why it's Oh, did you? Um, yes. No, oh. there's, there's a lot of interest there. So, um, yeah. Oh, Everyone, good on you. Everyone fast. You, you, were in, you were on ABC Radio. I was, on, I was in the Sun Herald on Saturday. In the Sun oh. Herald. My goodness me. Big photo of that's... me grinning like a monkey. Oh, but that's with, your, that's with your motorcycle. It was. It was. We won't go there yet, though. It's too soon. Too soon. I know. We've got to keep at least half the listeners coming to the end. That's um, right. No. Um, no, 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 but that was um, that was a good occasion. We haven't quite yet seen um, rooftop solar get to the 100% sort of predicted or sort of, well, not really predicted. I'm the Australian energy market operator, so it would be possible that rooftop solar could get to 100% of state demand sometime this spring, but I guess we've got another six weeks to go. But as it warms up, then more air conditioners will be switched on, so that mm-hmm. might make it um, a bit more interesting. I think the highest uh, rooftop solar has got is about 84%, and that was a couple of weeks ago when both solars sort of got to 106% combined, um, which was a record for South Australia and probably the world um, for a gigawatt scale grid. So we'll keep a watch out for that one. We're going to set a record for how many records we've set, I think. (laughs) That's true, actually. Spring is the season for records. Sure is. um, Sure is. It's been glorious in Sydney. Uh, it's just perfect solar weather, so you know, and it's just going to keep getting better from here on in. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be a real interesting November, I reckon, for generation. Mm-hmm. 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 Tell us about the clean energy regulator. What are they up to? This is the new solar inverter standards, which come into effect, and um, people are not going to be able to fudge the issue. It seems. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, just a reminder to everyone that uh, as of yesterday, six manufacturers have listed 112 makes and models of inverters uh, that are compliant um, with the new standard on the CC approved list. Um, so it's really, really important that um, installers check to make sure that the stock that they're buying is compliant. Um, uh, and, and the clean energy regulators said, we're not mucking around. If it's not compliant, no STCs. And and um, we saw from a story that we mentioned the other week where they uh, raided a property in Western Australia, in fact, uh, uh, seeking evidence around STC fraud that they're taking this very, very seriously. Um, I was on a couple of calls last week with, uh, with some big heavy hitters in the solar industry chatting with the Clean Energy Council. And indeed, some of those conversations flowed on to the Clean Energy Regulator about how we can, you know, keep the bad guys out keep everyone honest make sure that no one's falling between the cracks and all those kinds of things so um, yeah make sure that the inverters uh, that you're choosing to use and the model numbers in particular yeah it's pretty easy to check on the cc website and and so forth any surprising admissions from um the inverter list so there's a few a few people yet to sort of get their name up there in 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 bright shiny lights as um as being compliant 
No, no, nothing, nothing for me. I, I, I mean, I, it's one of those things where it's a bit of an administrative uh, burden for everyone to keep up to date with all these different challenges, and particularly if you've got a large range of models, some of which are getting a little bit tired, and you've got new models coming, etc., etc., etc. So you know that can be a real challenge. But I, I think it is a moving feast. The good wholesalers will. Uh, be all over this and and um so you know it's it's really um um you know big shout out to the great wholesalers who i know work so hard on making sure that the stock they've got is compliant and moving the old stock early so that you know that they aren't left with dead stock or dealers aren't being caught with dead stock or anything like that so yeah, I think the key is just uh, make sure that you're aware of it. Um, do read these newsletters. I, I don't. It's pretty tempting to skim some of the newsletters that you get from all sorts of different people, but there's often important information in there. Um, the, the other one that's in here and talking about compliance, Giles, uh, was um, about a fine for a solar installer in Victoria. Speaking of, um, you know, keeping people honest, uh, a solar installer in Victoria was fined five hundred thousand dollars for multiple unsafe practices, which is, you know, going to destroy that company. Clearly, um, it was uh, as as a consequence of of a, a, a young gentleman falling through a skylight. Um, um, but they actually found five, they were found guilty on five different charges across a number of different projects. Uh, and it just highlights that, you know, you can't really abdicate your responsibility as a solar retailer. Um, it's, it says solar installer, but it was actually the retailer who actually ended up being caught. And, you know, if you, you know, subcontract the install, you're still responsible and the buck stops with a retailer. That's the way contract law works. So, you know, half a million bucks, that's going to put you out of business pretty quick smart. Um, so, so what's yeah. been happening here? What, what's happening here? Is this like a sort of a long brewing thing that there was always going to be a harsh crackdown on this company? Or is this like a bit of a change in the scope and the severity of the fines and, and the reaction under this sort of new regime? Um. I think it's a little bit of both. I have to give full credit to Solar Victoria who have been um, – what's the word I'm looking for, anal in how much (laughs) detail they are looking for and how vigorously they are uh, um, have chased on the back of a very, very generous rebate program. And, you know, they made no no apologies and none due uh, when they um, uh, released their very, very generous rebates. They said the industry is going to have to step up here and um, minor breaches, medium breaches, uh, high breaches, you know, we're going after them all. We're going to be inspecting everything. We're going to be challenging. Uh, we're going to be taking you to court and 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 we'll pursue you. And this isn't the first one. Um, it, um, but this particular company clearly uh, has been, you know, a bit of a serial offender based on the number of breaches and and they've they've got them, uh, and you know they've taken them all the way through with a with a half a million dollar fine. So, yeah, it's a lesson to everyone, particularly those in Victoria, where there are lots and lots of inspectors, and they're right on the right on their game. But um, everywhere else as well, you know, uh, rules and regulations aren't uh, uh, aren't to be um, sniffed at. Um, they they're going to come after you. Mm. Cool. Hey, Nigel, just looking at the um, the run sheet here, um, you, did you mention before the twelfth of November cutoff for um, people like Osgood and stuff like that? I couldn't. I can't quite remember now. Um, I might I, have got I, confused. 
I didn't. No, you're right. That's that's in relation to the inverter stuff. So there are slightly different. That's only, that's only that's only two weeks away. So you don't want to be right. you don't want to be holding um, the wrong inverter um, in the next in in two weeks' time in in um, around Sydney. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. So it's. I mean, this has been coming for some time. It's. We've talked about. I actually mentioned it uh, a couple of months ago. I think just uh, lightly. Um, and there are different cutoff dates depending on the distribution area that you're in, which has always been the case. Different distribution network companies, you know, have slightly different varying things. But in a nutshell, within the next couple of weeks, uh, you got to be all over it. Okay, well, that's a um, that's a reminder for everyone who um, maybe hasn't caught up with um, with stuff. Yeah. Um, cool. What else is happening? Well, I've, I've got I've got lots of big uh, electric motorcycle news. Well, you've been uh, you've been you've been, you've been set free since we last talked, haven't you? I mean, you know, you must have gone more than five kilometres in a straight line or something on your electric motorbike. I mean, it's got it's got that much range, hasn't it? I have to admit, I actually did one of my first long range high speed sort of tests, and and you Ooh. know, flogged all over Sydney and. <laughs> Clocked up, it's pretty. It's funny. I live in Sydney, but you know, it's pretty easy to clock up a couple of hundred k's. Um, uh, just you know, hacking around Sydney. But uh, I actually went out char- uh, exploring fast chargers, and uh, you know, just familiarising myself with where they are. Uh, I haven't done very much fast charging with the Harley yet, so I wanted to go out and you know just learn a few lessons, which I promptly did because I realised on the first. Did, yeah, did you did you find any in Sydney? <laughs> Oh, there's, there's quite a few actually oh, around wow. town. Yeah, yeah, there there are, um, uh, and and sort of they're my staging points. So for me to get out and do a long trip, which I'm planning, as I've, I've already mentioned, I kind of need to do a little leapfrog of you know 75, 80 k's, for example, out to Penrith, uh, get a top up there and a cup of coffee and a sandwich, and then boom, I'm out onto the highway or up into the mountains or wherever I'm going, and it's so it's a little staging point for me. And I went out there. Um, Full of uh, full of whiz bangery, uh, plugged in and went. Oh yeah, I've got my little app and I can do that. And then it said, you know, press the button on the machine. So I pressed the button on the machine and had my sandwich. And I got an email, uh, a text message uh, about about thirty minutes later that said, "Oh, your charging's complete." And I came back and I went, "Hang on, it's only at eighty percent. What's going yeah. on?" Now eighty percent was okay, um, but I promptly got on the phone to. Harley Davidson, uh, the manufacturer of the charger and the owner of the charge network, and queried them all and said, "Why did my bike stop charging at eighty uh, percent? What's going on? Is there something I need to understand here?" Blah 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 blah. Luckily for me, the owners of the charge network—I know a guy there reasonably well—and he, he he rang me back after I queried him. He said, "So we looked at the records, and you pressed the button that says charge to eighty percent." Yes, and I didn't. I I just did. I okay. I possibly did. He said, "Look, don't feel bad about it. It actually looks very, very similar. It's easy to, you know, misinterpret uh, the other button that says just start." Uh, but apparently, I pressed the eighty percent button. So anyway, that worked. That worked fine. Um, it's interesting that eighty percent, hundred percent button because I mean I presume it's the mm. same for the electric motorcycle, but for an electric vehicle, um, most of them you recommend only going to eighty percent because at that rate, up to about eighty percent, the battery battery chemistry chemistry allows it to be charged quite quickly. But most batteries, once they get beyond beyond eighty percent, they actually slow down a lot. They'll slow down. That's exactly so, right. Um, exactly right. It's why you really need there. it. Yeah, unless you really need that extra 20% because you're going somewhere far away, then you should, probably shouldn't bother 
And it's also a question, too, that in limited amounts of charging around the place, then maybe you should actually sort of be ceding that spot for somebody else who may be waiting. Now, what I've noticed up here is that the new Tesla Model 3s, the NFP batteries, um, lithium phosphate or nickel, nickel phosphate, oh, I can't quite remember now. Anyway, the new one's been made out of China. They actually recommend that you do charge them to 100%. So you come across, you come huh. to an electric vehicle charging station, you've got a Tesla sitting there for an hour or more as they're sort of charging up and that sort of slow trickle charge up to 100%. And normally they would have gone by 80%, and now mm. they're staying around to 100%, and um, it's causing a bit of a traffic jam. Yeah, it's, it, that's that's quite an interesting point, actually, because I, I mean, a, a Tesla, this particular charge station only had one CCS2 and one Chadmo plug on it. Uh, who uses Chadmo, for goodness sake? It's not 1980. Just, just, uh, just the old Nissan Leaf people of the first right. generation. You know. Right, bless them, early adopters. Oh, bless them. We wouldn't be where we are today, but, you know, can we get rid of those Chadmo plugs? Um, but, yeah, no, a, a, a Tesla driver turned up while I was charging the the Harley and kind of looked around and looked around and realized he couldn't do anything. He couldn't get a charge. And um, uh, he couldn't uh, he couldn't obviously wait. So, you know, he drove off without getting a charge. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really interesting lesson for me, particularly from a long range stuff that I want to do. Sometimes I will need a hundred percent charge. So I now know how to do that. Don't press the eighty percent button. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you get 100%. Uh, but in this particular case, it was perfect because it meant that it was all over and done with very, very quickly. I had time for a sandwich and a and a drink and uh, a quick stroll, and then I was back on the bike and off again and, and did another 100-odd Ks, so it was perfect. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And you're getting about 100 and something Ks, are you, with your um, with your charge? We must be getting about 140, 150 or something. Well, it depends, uh, depends yeah. on your drive, I suppose, or your ride. It does, and and this was deliberately. I deliberately. So I've got a bit of a few k's to do before I hit the uh, so the freeway where I can sit on a hundred, hundred and ten k's an hour. But I um, probably in this case, and, and it was a real test because uh, the bike was at fifty percent state of charge when I left home. Uh, I don't keep it full. I, I keep it um, less than full, and then the aim is grab a fast charge up the road, top it up when I want to go somewhere for a ride locally or whatever, and off I go unless I know I've got something on. So I went, oh, I wonder if I can get there. And I mapped it all out and did the maths and went, yeah, I should be able to get there. Uh, and lo and behold, yeah, I did the 75Ks and used about 35% of my capacity without any trouble at all. Um, and the majority of that was sitting, or well, probably about 60 or 70% of it was sitting on 100, 110Ks an hour. Uh, so it was a really good sort of proof point to me that, you know, I'm going to get, 150Ks at highway speed out of this bike without any dramas, I, I, I think. Quite comfortable with that. Maybe more in some conditions, maybe less in others. But, um, yeah, it was a good test. Oh, good one. Excellent yeah. stuff. Yeah. And there's been an awful lot going on because uh, in the world of electric motorbikes while we're there because uh, Kawasaki announced uh, that by the year 2035, which is not that far away, it will only sell electric motorcycles in developed countries. Asterisk. Um, uh, so, you know, this is actually really significant because Kawasaki haven't really been saying a hell of a lot about the electric bike space. And here they are, boom, out of the blocks and just making a declaration. That's it. We're going 100 percent electric uh, for the for the vast majority of uh, of, de- of of countries that we sell into. So I thought that was really interesting. And then, you know, mind blowing news in Moto E is that uh, the electric brand Energica 
that I've talked about many times, who've done a plum job for the last three years of developing a, a terrific bike, um, um, you know, doing a really good job in the race series. You might remember, Giles, we talked about that the, I think it was the first or the second race, uh, there was a fire in the pits and the entire cache of 36 bikes and, and, and you know, all their gear and all their charges all burnt to the ground in a horrendous fire. Uh, and they had to scramble and rebuild the entire fleet so that the race series could continue, and they did that. Then they had COVID, and, you know, they can they persevered for, for three full years through um, what's become a really good season. Um, but they've announced that they're going to withdraw. Um, they said, you know, we've done our time. Oh. It's pretty big, uh, expensive exercise running Moto uh, GP-style teams, even in Moto E. Um, and who step up to take the gauntlet? no less than Ducati. Uh, so here is another, you know, major, major world brand in the motorcycle uh, sphere who are saying, that's it, we're in. Uh, and I actually fact-checked this one because I went, oh, hang on, is this just hype and noise and blah, 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 and I've got a link there to the press release, uh, which is the factory saying, that's it, this is the beginning of our transition into electric mobility on two wheels, and uh, we're ready for it. So we'll take over the series from 2023. So I cannot wait to see what they're going to put on the grid because the artist's impressions that I've seen so far are stunningly gorgeous, classic Ducati, um, amazing machines, and you can bet your bottom dollar that they're not going to bring a bike out that is equal to Energica. They're going to bring something out that is even better. Uh, and they've got a couple of years to get their act together to do it. So, you know, that that's hugely exciting to see Kawasaki out of Japan and Ducati out of out of Italy um, now both really stepping up into the space to, to join um, the other behemoth in the industry, which is uh, my beloved Harley. They would all be very, very happy that Tesla doesn't make motorcycles, I'd imagine. Because... Um, <laughs> I'll tell you why, Nigel, because um, I was just, just the story today that um, Tesla just landed its biggest ever order, 100,000 electric vehicles ordered by Hertz, the higher the higher company. I now, did see that. Now, that's an amazing deal for a whole number of reasons. One, it actually just gives you another 100,000 um, drivers and passengers who are going to experience, and millions and millions and millions and millions of passengers who are going to experience electric vehicles. So that's just going to accelerate the transition to electric vehicles. It's just going to be absolutely runaway. Um the second thing that part of that happened was the boost that they gave to Tesla shares. So they jumped about 12%. They went over $1,000 a share. They are now worth a trillion dollars US. Tesla is a trillion dollar company. You know, they always, couple of, you know, a couple of months ago, they had all the short sellers out there sort of predicting it would be bust. Now it's worth a trillion dollar com- trillion dollars joining the likes of Apple and um, Amazon and some of the others. The first manufacturing company to get to that stage. Is it? The- wow. And get this, it's increase in market cap on Monday after the announcement of the deal with Hertz was $100 billion, which was twice the total market value of Ford. That was the increase in one day for Tesla. 
And the guy sitting there in Ford just be going, oh, my oh, God. What does a man have to do? What do you have to do? Um, you know, I mean, you know, they're trundling on with their F-150 electric, which I'm sure will be a fine vehicle and things like that. But, geez, talking about being slow to the transition and having it passing you by. So Kawasaki, Ducati, Harley, you know, good on them for sort of um, having that transition. But they must be feeling very, very thankful that they don't have a Tesla in their midst um, pushing them to transition even quicker than they ever even thought they could well i i think you make a really good point because we've we've had some we've had some great innovators in the space and i have to i have to give it to energica and to zero for for being you know two two you know very very substantial people in that space innovating trying to do the sort of tesla kind of thing and you know find that balance between price and performance and everything else but we haven't had this massive disruption that Tesla have brought to the uh, to the car industry yet in the motorcycle industry, and someone's going to do it. Someone is going to do it, and um, you know, uh, I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait. That's when I trade the Harley up. Ooh. <laughs> You're not a loyal customer, are you, Nigel? I, I am absolutely a loyal customer, and I absolutely, I am smitten, absolutely gobsmacked, smitten with my Harley. In fact, I think I sold I one to it's, it. It's, 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 too late. it's too late, Nigel. I think they're just doing this, and they're tearing up the contract as you speak. No, 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 no. But, you know, uh, like like everyone in, this, in the space, you know, in five years, five years is, it's dog years in, in, in EVs, right? In five years, there is going to be amazing, things out there and um you know um uh, i hope it's harley i hope it's harley i i, I hope it uh, i hope they keep pace uh, or any of the major manufacturers keep pace but um you know it's the disruptors like tesla who've come in and really shaken things up and done things in completely different ways uh, and and you know i'm reading and hearing about harley following some of the cues in fact if you buy a live wire in the u.s now you buy it online and uh you know they've already dropped the price materially so they're taking some cues which is really cool hmm. good stuff nigel i think that's about a wrap for today i think we've done well um interesting stuff coming out of canberra um maybe we are going to be on the path for something even more spectacular particularly in the solar industry so let's hopeful let's let's hope for that um we'll be back again in a fortnight which i think will be pretty much post no 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 we'll still be in the last throes of glasgow when the ministers Ooh. are sitting sitting there just trying to sort of dot the i's and cross the t's and things like that but um anyway oh, that's you'll gonna- be a busy you'll be a busy boy in that week i've actually delegated i've delegated oh, yes <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's taken me a decade, but now I've delegated. So I think that's a major achievement. So I used to go to all those climate conferences and um, and they're both exhilarating and incredibly frustrating and quite exhausting. So um, mm. um, I've sort of passed it, passed the baton on to a younger player, younger person, got the energy to do it. So anyway, I'll be watching with interest. Excellent. Nigel, um, I'm going to be down in Sydney for, in a couple of weeks' time too, um, <gasps> playing around in an Ionic um, 5. So nice. um, I might have to I might have to bring it around and show you. So please bring it around and show me. It's got please a plug. We've got, got, we got, we got a fast charger up the road, so I can meet you up the road, and um, we can uh, we can uh, get it on the fast charger up the road. Or um, do you know barbecue. what? I think I think we could actually charge it. We could go for a drive together, and I could just keep on topping up the Harley as we go. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> let's just awesome. let's just remember to unplug it when we um when we take off. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, good. Come and see me. I'll do that. I'll do that. Thanks everybody out there for listening and for putting up with our EV talk. Um, but um, look, really good episode. Thanks to our sponsors, of course, um, Sunwiz, Clenergy, and Solar Analytics. Thanks to you, Nige, and I'll see you talk to you in a fortnight. Maybe even like that. We might even do this live next time. Oh, 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 (laughs) Okay, bye for now. Solar Insiders was brought to you by Clenergy, the providers of high-quality mounting systems for residential, commercial and utility-scale solar projects. With in-house engineering and projects divisions, Clenergy provides a unique edge with its expert advice. Let Clenergy find the right framework for any solar application. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider for the solar and storage industry. SunWiz's partnership with OpenSolar will amplify the value delivered by their world-leading solar software platform. With pro setup, training and assistance, run your business at maximum velocity. Visit sunwiz.com.au. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by Solar Analytics, helping you get more from your solar, more confidence, more savings and more insights. Visit solaranalytics.com.au.